This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Payer Issues Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Lisa Thompson, Planned Performance Medical Director at Anthem Nevada Medicaid. Dr. Thompson, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. Healthcare is constantly changing, but before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. I'm a board-certified emergency medicine and hospice and palliative medicine physician, and I've worked for more than 20 years providing direct patient care in both of those fields and in a variety of care settings, such as the Navajo Reservation many years ago, and I was also one of the first telehealth providers more than a decade ago. Um, I happily transitioned out of clinical practice and into my current role as the medical director at Anthem about five years ago, and I am really proud to serve as the plan performance medical director and very excited to lead the health plan's health equity task force. Fantastic. And how does your experiences as a clinician and a physician really shape and color what you're able to do now with Anthem Nevada Medicaid? Well, I've been able to go from just taking care of one patient or one family at a time to taking care of whole populations of people at a time. And the vision and mission of Anthem resonates with me deeply. I I went into the healthcare field because I believe that healthcare is a human right and not just a privilege for some. And every choice I've made in my career has been driven by that that mission. And the vision of Anthem is that uh, we want to improve the healthcare of humanity. So I feel like my current role really positions me to be able to um, answer that call and and that uh, original drive that I had to to become a a physician and, and work in healthcare. That's really an amazing goal and vision for yourself is how you're really making a difference um, within the communities that you serve. Now, considering your main focus today, what are some of the biggest issues that are consuming most of your time and energy? Well, number one is all things COVID related. Uh, We're constantly grappling with all the challenges that COVID has uh, presented such as improving vaccination rates and continuing to overcome vaccine hesitancy, um, facilitating solutions for the overwhelming demand that we've been seeing for COVID testing. And that also ties into um, questions that that we have to uh, face about how do we make sure people are using the right care at the right place and the right time and um, making sure that Uh, our members especially are taking advantage of all the alternatives and resources that that we've put together um, so that we can keep our ERs from being over uh, flooded with non-emergency needs. Um, You know, some things that we've we've worked on around that are to make sure that our members know about our our mobile urgent care providers and our telehealth options. Um, Another problem that COVID has presented is um, how do we facilitate care when there are surges uh, that uh, make it difficult for our facilities to provide the level of care 
that that they want uh, to provide, especially when there are staffing shortages um, in some of our key facilities and and even in our home health agencies. Um, and we also face that problem. How do we support members best uh, when they when when COVID makes it unsafe for us to use our our usual boots on the ground face to face um, approach that we know members respond to best. Um, it's, it's really difficult to do outreach efforts when, when we can't, when that part of the uh, equation is, is removed. Um, how do we support members who have prolonged recovery periods and need additional resources because they've been ill with COVID and, and that might require you know, that, that extra level of interaction that it's really challenging to provide. Um, but despite you know all of those challenges, our team is working tirelessly to tackle them. And uh, we do an amazing job, I think, of coming up with some creative solutions uh, that definitely make an impact in, in all of this. Um, another issue that we're facing all the time is addressing the disparities that prevent our members uh, from having the best health possible. And that means that we're, we're continuously thinking about how to move the needle on big issues that affect certain communities, such as poor maternal health outcomes, uh, especially for our, our Black members, or how do we improve compliance and, and overall health for our members who are dealing with special health care needs and complex uh, chronic illnesses like diabetes or COPD? And also, how do we remove barriers to people uh, accessing vital behavioral health services. So those are just sort of the tip of the iceberg for the big issues that we grapple with every day. Wow, I, there's just, it sounds like a lot going on, a lot of big concepts and important things too for your um, community and the people that you're serving. Now, I do want to come back to the health equity issue, but first you mentioned um, talking about, you know, the challenges that you've had disseminating information and making sure that members really have all the tools that they need in order to seek care in the best place and the right places during the pandemic um, with the boots on the ground initiatives that really work best, you know, not necessarily a possibility um, during the pandemic. So when you look into the next year, um, have there been anything that you found to be particularly successful, any of the creative solutions or initiatives that you're able to share with us? Sure. Uh, we have a couple of really robust digital solutions um, that have helped facilitate our engagement with members. Um, there's something uh, that we have called a Sydney app which is a great uh, tool that's available on any smartphone where members can actually connect with a provider. Um, they can find where to go if they need uh, healthcare. They can actually talk with a provider directly through the app. Um, they can either chat with them or have a video uh, connection with them or telephone connection with them. They can find pharmacies. Uh, they can uh, get connected with our member services if, if they're needing to ask questions. Um, we also have a very robust uh, uh, live health, or I'm sorry, um, uh, nurse line where people can call 24-7 to get connected with whatever resources or services they might need. 
Um, we do have uh, Live Health Online available to our members 24-7 so that they can talk with the provider that way uh, when they need it and, you know, get prescriptions sent electronically. We have an amazing uh, collaboration also uh, with our mobile urgent care providers, like I mentioned before, um, who are able to uh, go to the home and uh, help members with any variety of um, issues that uh, might have caused them to go to the emergency room or, you know, not seek the care that they might need. Um, and uh, that includes, you know, providing COVID testing, which which has been one of the big uh, issues that's caused a lot of people to visit the ER for an obviously non-emergency issue. Um, so we've been able to keep people out of the ER that way. And also, um, those partners have helped uh, us transition people who are coming out of the hospital after an acute admission um, and make sure that they, they have what they need at home uh, so that they don't end up back in the ER or back in the hospital. And that includes everything from uh, these providers will go into the home and, and look in the refrigerator and make sure they have groceries. They will uh, facilitate them getting their prescriptions delivered um, and, and do a, a medication reconciliation and, and look through their, their, their meds and make sure that they're on whatever was uh, prescribed at the time of discharge. And uh, they uh, connect these members also with, with other uh, social needs. You know, if a member comes back from the hospital and is having trouble with uh, uh, their, their housing situation or any host of other things, uh, they have the capability of connecting them with our very robust community resource link um, to help answer those needs. Absolutely. Wow. That just sounds like it's an amazing effort um, by you all and, and really, truly is something that can make a big difference. Now, as I mentioned, I wanted to go back to health equity. How are you advancing the health equity with Medicaid managed care in Nevada? Well, the first definitive step our health plan took to advance health equity in Nevada was to create a health equity task force. And that is a team that's represented by every area of our health plan. And, and that's because we truly believe that health equity is everyone's business. So all areas of the health plan participate on this task force. And the task force really embrace, embraces that vision um, Anthem holds that, that I mentioned before of improving the health of humanity. Um, so we're, we're striving to create a health equity culture. And in addition to that, we are a perfect mix of the, all the great tools and resources Anthem has to offer and a group of people who are truly passionate and dedicated to advancing health equity in Nevada. Um, we work hand in hand with our population health strategy team, with our community partners and our providers. And we identify priorities that align very closely with those of the state. And then we just get to work at actively addressing um, the issues in healthcare that affect all Nevadans, um, like the disparities in maternal health I mentioned before, um, challenges faced by people with chronic disease, uh, folks grappling with social determinants of, of health issues that we know have such a tremendous impact on their health outcomes. 
Um, we use data to identify those disparities, and then we collaborate very closely with our community partners to come up with solutions. And I have so many examples of, of how we've done that that I'm, I'm so very proud of. Um, one of those is a fantastic project we did back in October to address the fact that in Nevada, breast cancer mortality disproportionately affects black women, and especially those living in certain zip codes where there's really limited access to resources. Um, we wanted to uh, tackle that um, head on, and, and we started by partnering with the Nevada Health Centers because they have a mammal van. And we were able to uh, bring that mammal van into an underserved community, along with a lot of other uh, community organizations and community partners. We held this huge uh, health event that we called Mammalrama Extravaganza. And we were able to provide more than 30 mammograms in one day at that, that, at that event. And in addition to that, 250 boxes of food were distributed, flu shots and COVID vaccines were provided. And most of all, we just had such a fun time and we were able to, to really engage with our friends and neighbors um, in that community. Um, another example that comes to my mind of how we are actively uh, advancing health equity in Nevada, uh, especially through our task force, is our doula program. Uh, it's another great example of, of, of that. And it came out of our direct response to the fact that Nevada's, uh, Nevada has poor health outcomes in women and children's health. Um, so we worked together with the Reno Doula Project and we launched the first pilot program for Nevada Medicaid members in January of uh, 2021. And to date, we've had 100% healthy births through that program. Not long after we started that doula program, the Nevada Assembly actually passed Bill 256, which calls for Medicaid coverage of doula services. So I think that, uh, you know, through the work that we're doing uh, and the, the partnerships that we're building, it's becoming clear, you know, what needs to be done uh, on a state level to really advance health equity. Wow, I, I love all of those ideas and just everything that you've been able to do. It seems like kind of folding and tucking in so many different aspects of healthcare, but then really bringing to the forefront um, some of the issues, especially for women in maternal health and, um, you know, all of those kinds of things um, just really can make a huge difference for families and for the women that you're impacting. So um, I think that is awesome to hear and really, I'm sure, inspiring for other organizations that are trying to figure out how to best serve their populations and especially those that, um, you know, may not have been reached traditionally. So it, it sounds like you've got a lot of innovative and out-of-the-box thinking um, when you are looking at making plans for some of these initiatives, how does that all come about? How do you make sure that um, your team is really in touch with the community and what they need? Well, part of it is that we make sure we are represented. We are represented on community organizations and we participate. So, uh, you know, for instance, our health equity manager serves on the Nevada Cancer uh, Collaborative. And that was a, a key partner in putting together our Mamarama. And we're already planning 
the event for next year, as well as other events to address uh, disparities in colorectal cancer and, and other um, cancer-related issues. Um, our plan president serves on the board of Immunize Nevada, uh, which is a statewide nonprofit that's dedicated to providing immunizations and community health. So that that's a big part of it, is that we actually um, work side by side with our community partners. Um, and, you know, we go to them and ask them for their feedback about what their pain points are and how we can be of service, how we can help. Got it. That, that's great to hear. Now, before we wrap up our conversation and in the vein of thinking about the partnerships in the communities, what other partnerships are vital for payers and providers to transform healthcare? Well, for sure, we, we have a great uh, partnership with our, our state and local governments, but I think that there's opportunity to build an even closer relationship. And I think that the pandemic really highlighted that. Um, throughout the pandemic, our state government looked to us to really be the thought leaders on how to solve all these new problems that were cropping up. And we relied on them to, to help leverage uh, resources and, and the infrastructure that we needed to create solutions. So I think that that's a great partnership that has opportunity to grow even deeper. Um, also, uh, especially when you talk about you know tackling health equity issues, I think that uh, there's a great opportunity for uh, managed care organizations to partner with each other. You know, we share the same pain points, and at the end of the day, we're all trying to accomplish the same thing, which is to do what's best for the people that we serve and make sure that they have optimal health. So I'm really proud of the fact that one of the accomplishments of our Anthem Nevada Health Equity Task Force is that we did establish a health, a health equity collaborative that does include all the other managed care organizations in Nevada and representatives from the state government. And our hope is that we can continue to share best practices and collaborate um, on some of these problems that, that we all have facing in, in common. Um, the other uh, area that I think is, is ripe for partnership is with our, our mental health uh, experts and, and providers. Uh, we need to build stronger relationships. We know that mental health and physical health problems are not just experienced in a vacuum, and they're very often intertwined. So our approach really needs to be more holistic with professionals from both fields communicating and collaborating more closely. And we've been working really hard to find that collaboration necessary to address the needs of our members with those comorbidities. Another important partnership I think we need to build is with our members, um, with the members that we serve. I think that we can't just rely on our data analytics to figure out what their needs are. We need to hear directly from them what their pain points are and how we can work to meet those needs. And I think that we've, we've made some great strides towards doing that just to begin with by being uh, participants in community organizations. And then finally, I think that we really need to build closer relationships with experts who are non-clinical, um, who can help 
us look at our healthcare system problems from a totally unique perspective and find out-of-the-box solutions. Um, our healthcare system is so siloed and so fragmented, it really needs a major disruption. And among those non-clinical experts, we truly need to work with specialists in the areas of housing, employment, and education because people just simply can't achieve optimal health without these factors. Dr. Thompson, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fascinating discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you very much for having me. It was a great conversation.